Well, friends, I got to be honest. When I read that text, you know it made me think of a song, right? Actually, it made me think of several. I, just a, a couple, well, three. Do any, do any of you remember the song, I Want to Be Rich? Do you remember the song? I want to be rich. Right? Full of love, peace, and happiness. I want money. Lots and lots of money. I want the pie in the sky. I want money. Lots and lots. I mean, come on. It was such a catchy tune, wasn't it? And you know, if not a, all the young people don't remember this, but the rest of us were singing just along. I want to be rich. <laughs> right? I want money, lots and lots of money. And don't be asking me why. You know why I want it? I want to be rich. <laughs> um, he said, my, I spend my money on lottery. <laughs> my favorite numbers are one, two, three. Yeah, I want to be rich. Well, today we want to talk about being rich. Let us pray. Oh, gracious and all-wise God, holy God, we thank you for this day. And we just thank you for the opportunity to gather together, Lord God. After what we've been through, gathering together means so much. So in this time that we have gathered in this sacred place to hear a word, we ask that your spirit might dwell with all of us. Holy God, help me to preach and your people to hear. And then help us to go out into the world so that we might be doers, disciples who live the word, not just hear it. We pray this prayer as every prayer in the sweet name of the living God, your Son and our Savior, Jesus. Amen and amen. That's right. I want to be rich. You know you want to be rich too. That's what they tell us, right? Okay, so maybe some of you don't remember Callaway's song. Maybe you're old enough to remember that show starring Robin Leach. Do you remember? Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, right? A rather voyeuristic enterprise, if you ask me, where we were invited to be onlookers to the opulence of the homes, the cars, the wardrobes, the travels of the super rich. Not only did we want to see, but apparently they wanted their wealth to be seen. Come on, tell the truth. Who doesn't dream about hitting the lottery and hitting it big, okay? Either big, kind of, sort of big, but just some, right? I mean, who doesn't want to be rich to have more than you need or can even use? To have the best in life, as Tracy Chapman sings in her song, to know what money is worth and to have mountains of things. That's what her song is entitled. Um, the life I've always wanted, guess I'll never have. Be working for somebody else until I'm in my grave. Be dreaming of a life of ease and mountains, oh, mountains of things. We dream of mountains of things, don't we? It's almost as if our culture worships at the altar of material affluence and those who are wealthy. You and I both know that they are afforded privileges that many of us cannot imagine. We are not only fascinated by the rich, 
of what they have and how they live, but we are encouraged them, encouraged to follow them on their various social media platforms, aren't we? To attend to what they do, to attend to what they say, to attend to where they go, to in effect be their disciples. To want what they have and to buy what they wear or market to us. I remember a friend of mine when, when Jaren was younger, he's like 20 something now, but she bought her, her grandson a shirt that said, you might want to be like Mike, but I want to be like Jesus. Because, right? Everybody want to be like Mike, Michael Jordan. Buying those Air Jordans as if we thought we were going to be able to dunk like Mike. We follow them, we attend to them because obviously they know best or at the very least they know something we don't know because they are what the culture defines as successful. Apparently it's based on what they have. Just recently Kim Kardashian was fined by the SEC over a million dollars Plugging a crypto asset to those who follow her without telling them that she was being paid, that this was a paid, but just assuming that people, because she said it, people would go out and buy it. Maybe some of you remember Kathleen Gifford. Now I'm, real, I'm going way back. Okay, I got a sister. But she, was, she had her clothing line. And then some good reporter found out that there was a, it was a sweatshop overseas. See, that's what the love of money, pursuing money will do. It'll make you do things to get that money, to get more of it. Maybe you remember the production of Barbies. Little Asian children with nimble fingers putting Barbie together, knowing that they'd never be able to afford one. Hmm. The wealthy often use their celebrity and their status to acquire more, even if it causes hurt or trouble to others. Those people putting those Nikes together can't make them buy those Nikes. How many pairs of Nikes do we have? When we, when, when our society overemphasizes wealth, status, and privilege, when that is what we are pursuing at all costs, then we can overlook the suffering and injustice that these pursuits often create. The United Women in Faith are very active on the forefront of trafficking. All it is people pursuing money, y'all. And if people are pursuing money with abandonment, then some hurt's going to happen to somebody down the line. The hurt will trickle down. We just seem to want more, more and more. And more is what we all want. How can we not? It is what our society values, right? You must be living well if you got a lot of stuff. We are bombarded with messages all around us to want more, to work for more, to consume more, to do more. Because obviously what we have, who we are, and even how we look is not enough. 
We're driven to obtain and consume more to want to be rich. We are encouraged to be self-indulgent. That's right. Do it, do it, do it. Do it till you're satisfied. Amen. Get it. Do you. Isn't that what they say? Child, you need to do you. As a result, our spending is out of whack. Our spending reflects our priorities and our perspective on what and who we value. And apparently we value us. And often rises out of our need for instant gratification. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell you about myself. That's right. I went into Dillard's the other day and I'm like, those are so cute. They were shoes. I bought them. I'm just going to tell you the truth. I bought them. But I have this thing that if I buy something, then I have to give something. I have to give it. Because I don't want to hoard. <laughs> I don't want to just consume. I also want to give. Instant gratification. And our appetite for it seems to be almost insatiable. But it's not just us. I'm telling you, watch, watch the news. I mean, watch TV. Let's say you're trying to fast. I'm telling you, you will see a hundred different ads for food. Yeah. Look at that number of foods. You've seen those people eating those burgers? And the, the, um, by the way, you know, you, when they, you see those burgers or food on television, they're not real. They're made to look that good. Because when you go over to McDonald's, the hardest, that burger they give you don't look like that. <laughs> you know? And they're eating it like, ooh, this is the best burger ever. And then you get that burger, you're like, that thing don't taste nothing. I, just, I don't know what they were eating, but they were not eating this. But they're trying to get us to buy, 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 buy. Have, have, have. Want, want, want. Even more striking, a professor of human development says that our money behavior, and we have a behavior when it comes to money, our money behavior is actually a big expression of who we are inside, of what's really going on inside of us. It shows how we are willing to accept reality and how much we want to be something that we are not. Recently, I was talking to a friend of mine who works with an organization trying to extend home ownership to disenfranchised communities. She had been working with this one particular person, and I don't want to say a gender, okay? Trying to help them clear up their debt, save, and prepare to purchase a home. And she was doing her best, really helping, but when this person came to see her, he said, I just Bought my dream car. How you dream about a car? But I get it. He wanted to drive the good life. Right? So that everybody can see I've arrived. Everybody can see I'm somebody. That's why people do that. Because it's important to be noticed. To your self-worth, that you're worthy, that you, that you have something. Because in America, that's what it is. You're judged by what you have, right? 
really. So no judgment on this person. I get it, and, and I can be as susceptible to it as anyone else. There's a whole um, media, right, marketing that markets and direct our taste and our ideas, right? We didn't know we wanted something until we see it on TV. I didn't know I needed, and I'm going to even say needed, that I needed that little umbrella thing. You know, that you put in your windshield? Do y'all know what I'm talking about? No, okay, this is just, you know what I'm, okay, you know what I'm saying? Okay, Sister McGill's daughter knows. I didn't know I needed one. It, it, it's like an umbrella, and it just shields out the sun. I want one. I didn't know I wanted one until it came on TV. I didn't even know it existed, but I want it. How many of you stayed up late at night and watched HSN or QVC? You didn't know that product existed, but now you just got to have it. And you call in. I have an account. They got my name. Hey, you calling back again? Yeah. It's not easy to resist the pull of materialism, narcissism, and consumerism. Not even for those of us who confess faith in Jesus Christ. But we have confessed faith in Jesus. We have confessed that Jesus is Lord, right? We have confessed that Jesus is Lord of Lord and King of Kings. Isn't that what the text said? That Jesus is Lord of all creation. That Jesus is Lord of all the earth. And that Jesus is Lord of our lives. If we confess him to be Lord, then he should be Lord over our entire lives. Over our time. We do something for ourselves all the time, right? We run, rip and run, rip and run. And I'm as guilty as everybody is. Ripping and running, ripping and running. And then how much time do we have for Bible study? How much time do we have for devotion? How much time do we make for prayer? How much time do we make for service? Can ever seem to find the time. Isn't that funny? If Jesus is Lord of our lives, then it should be Lord of over our time, our talents, our gifts, our resources, and our money. That's right, I'm talking about money. Friends, is Jesus and the priorities of the kingdom first in our life, first in our day, first in our finances? Our lives should be shaped by that confession. Jesus Christ is Lord. Our lives should be shaped by that. We should live into it and out of it. We have been called to a life that is countercultural, to not go as the world goes, to swim upstream. Paul reminds the people of God in his letter to Timothy, and I know he is writing to Timothy. And if you read earlier, something has gone wrong with Timothy, okay? Timothy is about to shut down. Well, Paul writes to encourage him. He writes saying that we are called to live a real life, not the life that the world wants to lead or wants us to lead, but a real life. A life of righteousness, of godliness, of faith, of love, endurance, gentleness, contentment. Be content with what you have. And generosity. 
The people of God, disciples, should be known for their generosity. But the truth of the matter is that we can be kind of stingy when it comes to the things of God. But generous when it comes to what we want for ourselves. Sometimes it seems as if we love ourselves more than God. If we put us first and not God, then we love ourselves more than God. We give to ourselves and to our wants before we give to God. And then when we do give, we either give what we have left, and sometimes we have nothing left to give, so we give nothing. So when I was um, trying to return to faithfulness, or when I started going back to church, and I remember the stewardship campaign, and they're talking about take, you know, give to God first. Make that first check you write. That, that was the days of writing checks, right? That first payment from once you get paid um, to God. Well, I was one of those, I got to pay my bills first. Okay, you just don't understand. I got to pay my bills first. I got to pay SCG. I got to pay, and then, and, and get this, I was a good giver. I was, I was, a, I was a good giver. But God wasn't first. God's got to be first. If Jesus is Lord, then Jesus is first. If Jesus is Lord, God's priorities are first. Even with my time. Oh, I got to go do this and get, uh-uh. Sheila, have you not, did you not begin your day with meditation, with the word? My trust was ultimately not in God. My trust was in me and my job, amen, of paying my bills. My trust was in paying my bills. My trust was in the money. <clears throat> what I could acquire and what I could save. Now, by everybody's standards, I was doing good. I was doing well. I was very faithful, but I wasn't trusting God. I was trusting me. And that meant that Jesus was not Lord. I was. And Jesus was just sort of. A, a, a co-partner, a co-pilot. The whole thing about Jesus is my co-pilot. That means that you and Jesus are equal. If it's a co, in that, in this regard, Jesus don't want to be your co-pilot. Money can just get in the way of true worship. It can just become idolatry, right? Caring too much about it. Okay, if you don't like the word idolatry, we care too much about it. That's what we mean. Here, Paul is not advocating for our impoverishment, but rather our acknowledgement and constant awareness that material wealth can be a hindrance in living as God has called us to live, that it can be a hindrance in following Jesus. Remember the story of the rich ruler? Jesus, Jesus, I want to go with you. Jesus said, okie dokie, come on. But first, sell everything here. And the rich young ruler went away sad because he had a lot. Or the story of the rich man and Lazarus. He was rich. He had everything going on. But he couldn't see Lazarus because he was so focused on himself. It's not the money. It's the mindset. It's not what we have but our attitudes. It's not our riches, 
but our relationship to it. Money can be, wealth can be a hindrance, but it doesn't have to be. It's our as attitudes associated with it. Remember what it says in the Bible. There were women who traveled with who accompanied Jesus and provided for him and his ministry. They, somebody had to pay the bill. Phoebe, the way she supported Paul, read the Bible. It is not, not saying, you know, she was a keeper of, you know, the people of wealth. It's not the money. It's our mindset, our priorities, and our heart. It's about our priorities and what we are pursuing. Are we pursuing the things of God? Are we pursuing the kingdom of God? Are we pursuing living our lives in such a way that others will know Jesus? We are called to live lives that reflect the priorities and the pursuits of the kingdom of God. And that requires us to be generous. You can be a disciple of Jesus and talk about you a disciple, that you love Jesus, and be stingy. Cannot. Cannot. Stingy with your time. I asked someone to do something in the church, and they said, well, this is not a good time for me. I took the phone away and looked at it like, oh, Jesus, did you hear that? I suspect hanging on the cross wasn't that great a time for Jesus either, but he did it. When is a good time? When is God's time? God expects us to be generous. God expects us to be generous as God is and has been generous toward us. God has provided for us richly. I'm here to tell you that we're rich. We're rich. You're rich. You've been richly blessed. You're rich because you know who Jesus is. You're rich because you know that you are beloved. You're rich because you know that you're the head and not the tail. You're rich because you know that God is going to continue to bless you. You're rich. You're rich compared to the most of the people around the world. You're rich. And you're not just rich in, in your possessions and material. You should be rich in your spirit, rich in your soul, rich in your love, rich because you've been saved. You know Jesus. You know that you're loved. You're rich. And there are people out there who are impoverished, not just financially, but spiritually. And yet we who know the riches of the kingdom want to be stingy. We want to stay up in here. We want to do little with it. God is calling us to be generous. Generous. Generosity is the way of God. No, we may not have everything we want, but y'all, we got everything we need, and you know that. We have everything we need. And we know because of whose we are, not who we are, but whose we are, first and foremost, that God will supply all of our needs according to what? His riches in heaven. So why do we worry? Be generous. David said, I have been young, now I'm old, but I have never 
never, ever, ever, ever seen the righteous forsaken or God's seed begging for bread. You're rich. We're rich. Give generously. Be generous. Be more generous with your time for the kingdom. Be more generous with your resources. Be more generous with your talents. And Paul is right. We got to fight for this. We got to fight for our faith. Because we got to go against the culture to live this way. We got to fight to not always give in to temptation. That's why I don't go to dealers often. <laughs> I don't even go once a month, y'all, okay? Because the shoes call my name. <laughs> they say, Sheila, look at me. Try me on, Sheila. Take me home with you. <laughs> Proverbs says, a generous person will be enriched. And one who gives water will get water. God has this incredible principle of sowing and reaping. You'll never run out. You'll never be without. When I took the step of just reordering my priorities, okay, Right? It wasn't so much whether I was tithing, giving 10% on gross or net. I don't know why people need to have that conversation. Usually they ain't trying to give. That's why they're asking. Okay. When I reordered my priorities and I gave to God first, okay, I would not pay a single bill, not my student loans, nothing, until I first gave to the church. And then at the end of the month, I waited. I was like, I'm okay. The world didn't fall apart. I still had some money. I was like, okay. And then it got good. It did. I had a whole new relationship with giving. Generosity is a life-giving practice. It will give you life. And it will bless your life. And it will bless the lives of others. We can do this because we're rich. Amen? Amen? And amen.